Hello and welcome or welcome back to Fancy Blather podcast. I'm your host Kirsty Taylor and today we have a very exciting episode in store for you. It is our one year anniversary episode. How on earth has this happened? So let's first of all hop into our regular intro. Hello, 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 and welcome to Fancy Blathers' one-year anniversary. It's our birthday baby. I must apologize in advance. This episode is shorter than usual, but I've really tried to edit this whole medley together, and it's just been a, it's been a struggle city. Let's just say that. I've been really avoiding it because it's so much work, but I am really happy with this episode has turned how this episode has turned out. It is not as long as our usual episodes, but it is a good one. So trust me, it's worth sticking around and listening to the whole episode because it took me a long time to edit. So I'd really appreciate it purely for that and anything else. We do still have our intro as per usual. Um, I might be rattling through it a little bit just because it's getting late. I've been editing for two or three hours now I'm tired I'm hungry all the things so first off let's start with um life updates so I recently spent the week visiting my school that I'm going to be working in in August and um checking out the Angus area where I'm going to be living and did some flat viewings and just had an an all-around good time experienced one of the beaches in Angus which was stunning had some stunning weather which I was not prepared for because Scotland's just so unpredictable so last weekend I went away on a staycation oh I did that too been a busy week um with my parents and I didn't bring weather I didn't bring weather I didn't bring clothes for cold enough weather and then in Angus I didn't bring clothes for hot enough weather so I just can't seem to win but we've been having a good week we've had 20 degrees or something today was 17 it was really nice but a little bit of a breeze which is what I live for in the summer I can't lie sorry I'm not my hot girl summer is all about breeze so um Scott girl summer has arrived as Nina Nesbitt likes to say and she shared our Instagram post yesterday so that's exciting so we're buzzing about that maybe you can get her in the on the pod if you're listening Nina we'd love to interview you big fan um let's get us two Scottish gals together a Scottish musician on a Scottish podcast I mean it's meant to be if you ask me so those are the life updates. Um, my small wonder of the week is related to swimming. I'm pretty sure I've done so many small wonders related to water and swimming. I still can't believe that one of my star signs, because I'm on the cusp, so I kind of had two star signs, isn't a water sign. Like, it will never make sense to me, truly. Spiritually, I just feel like water's where it's at. Um, but it is the rhythmic nature of swimming. I bet you never saw that coming. I just when I'm stressed there's nothing better than I swim I don't know what it is recently I've just really fallen in love with swimming all over again and there's just something about the water and just I don't know it's just relaxing you're just focusing on your breathing and your movement and you just everything just washes away literally metaphorically all the rest of it so that is my small wonder of the week so what I'm engaging with, I just finished another book. Who is she? I'm still behind on my reading challenge of the year by two books, but it's fine. We're going to make up for it. We'll get there. Placement ruined it, but it's okay. We're getting back on track and um, summer is providing. I read this in the kind of m- most of this in two days, which is impressive. 
Um, I'm just about to finish it. I've got like 50 pages left, but I wanted to get this episode up first. Anyway, the book. The Northern Lights Lodge by Julie Kaplan. This is another one of those easy reads, just enjoyable, not too intense. Um, I don't know, just, just an easy summer read. It's also like perfect for long winter nights because it is based in Iceland and like the cold. But it's just really nice to read on a summer day too, to be honest. And I'm just really enjoying it. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it is long. It's like 500 pages, but I've read it pretty quickly. Oh, 438. But I've read it quickly because it's just one of those ones you can just sink your teeth into really easily. And some people say it's like corny and stuff and a bit rom-commy, but I love a good cheesy book. And this was another one that I bought from the charity shop. I bought this one and one other one, which I think I mentioned on the pod already, and then a little French book for my class. And um, it was one pound. And I just love that. And I'm getting into like the idea of book swapping because I think that's such a good idea. I'm like, going to go through all my books because I don't know I'm telling you all my life story now but that English lit graduate thing is happening and I really need to like get rid of some books that I just never read and I don't know why I have them and I really believe that you should only keep books that you're going to read more than once unless they have sentimental value so I'm kind of doing a purge and I'm going to take some books to my own classroom and things like that but yeah I'm excited and I think it will help me find new books to read that I already have and I think book swapping is a really cool idea. And I think I might just donate a bunch also. So, yeah, that's that's what's happening. That's what I'm engaging with. I'll try and link it in the show notes for you. I'll probably just put the Goodreads link because that way people can like check out their reviews and then find it in a local bookstore, which is what I prefer. Also, hit me up if you find a website like Goodreads that's not Amazon-owned. I mean, I don't pay any money into it, but I would just rather support a website that's not owned by Amazon, but I've never found one. So let me know in the Instagram or on the Facebook group if you have got one. So the small business of the week this week is an LGBTQ plus or LGBTQIA is what I'm saying now because I'm trying to be more inclusive with that terminology. Um, So an LGBTQIA plus charity a charity. Oh, I'm tired. An LGBTQIA plus business who give 10% of their profits to an LGBTQIA plus charity um, is who we are representing today. It's Pride Month, so it was only fitting. Um, obviously, because we've changed the schedule, we don't really have a lot of stuff on in June, but I did want to make sure that we included at least one um, business related to pride so um, it is called Sentimenti Pots um, which will be linked in the show notes for you and I love it I think it's so cool um, so they are customizable sustainable and handcraft so you get a plant pot and a plant and they are just the cutest like I love them there's these little like cute ones that say like you suck but like written like a succulent and then there's a succulent in it and then there's like little prick with a cactus in it I just think it's funny or um just sweet ones like you're my best bud or little friend with like a little one special egg and they're just they're just precious I really am here for it (laughs) sorry I'm just laughing at their Instagram feed because it's pretty iconic um so I highly recommend checking them out honestly I think I'm going to buy myself one to celebrate one year of the pod and um hopefully to celebrate having a place to live 
soon, which is going to be bigger than before, which means that I need some greenery in my life. So check them out, Sentimenti Pots, and I think you just DM them to order. So uh, they've also got a story, very helpful, highlighting how to um, how to order, which is really cool. So I'm very here for it. And it looks like they're going to be doing a teacher box. They do gift boxes as well. So that's cool. So check them out. Sentimenti.pots. Okay. So now, naturally, it would not be a fancy brother episode without a poem. I just can't help myself. I was considering not having an intro this week, but I figured maybe it would help make the episode longer. So we're keeping it in. So this poem is from, you guessed it, Hello Poetry, my favorite website, and it is called Celebrate by Jeffrey Conyers, and I will have the poem and the author, author's account on Hello Poetry linked in the show notes down below for you. I always say down below, but is that really down below? Just I should just say linked in the show notes. That's like combining, I've been watching too much YouTube. But anyway, so naturally it's called Celebrate. I'm sure you can work out why. So let's let's just read it to you. Celebrate. Celebrate. Celebrate the day of seeing another day. Celebrate. Have loved the one that passed away. For joy comes in your outlook upon upon the things you feel. Celebrate the friends that support you when when you're down. This is the more most important time to have them around. Celebrate those that are there when you're up. Because you are aware of their sincerity against those that only pretend to care. Celebrate the life of living when others find excuses to give up only if they comprehend just only if they'd comprehend just how lucky they are for through all the silver lining there is joy. Isn't that just wonderful? What a nice poem. So celebrate everyone. Let's celebrate. Let's have another toast. I'm kidding. I don't even have a drink here, but if you have one on you, have a toast. Why not? Okay, so now we are hopping into our one year medley. So please, please do enjoy and let us know what you think. Enjoy. It's been a year of small wonders. My small wonder of the week this week is box breathing. Me for into drinking tea. Appreciate my alone time. The crystal makes these rainbows all over my room and it's so nice. So mine is like mini rainbows because it just like it really brightens my day when I see that and I know I have good lighting so I obviously try and take some photos because you know we just we got to take advantage of it when it exists. So um, cafe coffee sunshine the sun is finally shining in gloomy Aberdeen and incredible guests ranging from influencers to business owners to activists and so much more we have officially been podcasting for 365 days with 42 main show chat show episodes and around 30 hours of listening. In the pod this year, we have learned all about white privilege from Naomi, 
who is our incredible small talk co-host and an all-round wonderful human being and an excellent Mua. So now let's listen how she defined white privilege. Um, I would say, I don't know, it's hard to re- really define what white privilege is. I think it's more just understanding that when someone says that you have white privilege, it's not personal, it's not a personal attack, it's not them saying that you're so privileged and that makes you a bad person. It's worse when people try and deny that it exists because there is so so much evidence out there that it does exist purely from the fact that like we're both women and we have certain experiences that we'll share because we're women, but then we'll also just have particular experiences that we won't share because you are a white woman and I'm a black woman. And that doesn't mean that you're better or worse than me or I'm better or worse than you. It just means that we have these different experiences. And it also doesn't necessarily mean that having white privilege makes your life easy because I I hear a lot of people say that like oh you know white privilege doesn't exist because I'm white and I've had a really difficult life and it's not saying that having white privilege means that your life is going to be easy it's going to be difficult it's just saying that the reasons that your life might be difficult or the reasons that you will struggle is not directly linked to your race whereas for someone of color the, the struggles that they will have in their life will be a direct link yeah. to their race. In another one of our earlier episodes, we were so, so lucky to be joined by my dear friend Marion Jochmans to talk all about different ways to combat biphobia. And here is what she had to say about what you can do to make a change today. Don't make a big deal out of it, but also don't pretend that it doesn't exist. Because I've had people also just like, like I've come out to people and then they've just kind of never mention it again mm. in in an attempt to be like accepting and to be like, well, this isn't a big deal. So we're not going to talk about it. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. Cause what you're doing here actually is making me feel even more ashamed because we're not talking about it. So in my mind, I'm like, Oh my God, you have a problem with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like erasing, you're erasing part of their identity. Like you're like exactly. taking a rubber because an eraser is American. You're taking a rubber and you're rubbing yeah. out part of their identity and that's definitely not so it's like please normalize it but also don't but also don't be afraid to talk about it because Mm -hmm. that's how we normalize it and by not talking about it that's when the stigma comes in so yeah yeah I mean again just ask questions I guess that's on the same I guess that just comes down (laughs) and I think Zara Carmichael spoke to us all about holistic health and how to get a truly well-balanced diet and overall lifestyle. So you can listen to her chatting all about that right now. I was really, really interested in how food affects everything from how we think, feel, function on a daily basis. And a lot of the physical side um, of well-being I could access out with uni such as like personal training qualifications and yoga okay, teacher yeah, with you. So to get a more holistic approach I would do my degree in nutrition and specialize in that perfect I suppose I actually met and mentioned the word holistic a couple of times so holistic mm-hmm. health is a term that I think has been thrown around quite a lot especially recently but what does that actually mean I feel like I see it a lot and I hear it a lot and I kind of know what it means but I don't know if you could give a little bit of a definition just for people listening that maybe aren't sure like myself. 
Um, it means mainly looking at your health as a whole picture and less so about eating salads and running every day, <laughs> moving yeah. away from that clean eating and fitness sort of side of things and looking at it from your whole picture, such as even like your friends, the people you surround mm -hmm. yourself by, your mental well-being, ah, okay. time you take for yourself, um, how much time you spend in nature, in green space, mm -hmm. um, what you eat, how you move, how active you are just on a daily basis, aside from specifically going to exercise, such as going to the gym, like, do you walk a lot? Do yeah. you cycle and work? Looking at your health from a whole point of view rather than just, this is what you eat and this is how you exercise. Yeah, so less of a rigid structure and more of like a, a well-rounded view taking into yeah. consideration different things. Yeah. Perfect, amazing. Um, so what do you believe is the most fundamental thing to remember when it comes to nutrition? There's, of course, I'm sure lots of things that you could mm -hmm. list, but even if you can't think of one, maybe, I don't know, top three or something like that, just things yeah. that you think people don't know that they should know more, if that makes sense at all. Yeah, um, I'm going to struggle to give you one. So That's okay. Get, go for more than one. I'll give you two and then I'll probably end up giving you three. That's but, okay. <laughs> uh, my favourite one is colour is to focus on having an array of colour because all the different colours actually represent mainly generally speaking different nutrients and mm -hmm. so the more colour you have on your plate and um, the more nutrients that you will be eating and then my second okay. one balance which kind of comes hand in hand and um, because if you're having a colourful variety another one <laughs> of food then it's harder to either one under eat on a certain nutrient or two mm -hmm. over eat on a certain thing if you're always having ah, okay. a colorful variety and um, there's so many benefits to having lots of different foods because I know we're all guilty of eating like the same three or four meals yeah. <laughs> getting <laughs> stuck in that rut yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like, <laughs> late from work or university and you're just like oh just have pasta it's quick it's easy um <laughs> or whatever your go-to is pasta is my go-to but um, <laughs> same same yeah focusing on just adding more color so even for example if you had your pasta maybe chuck in some peas maybe chuck in mm -hmm. some uh, different vegetables just to give it more vibrancy and more color and you'll be automatically eating more nutrients and having a more well-rounded balanced diet we spoke to the chair and vice chair of grassroots charity all-in-one education all about intersectionality and how to bring it into our education system here in scotland as well as in the rest of the uk and they're going to tell you all about how to do that right now. She suddenly called me one day and was like, I've got an idea. And then she was like, right, so education is like this and it's really important, but I feel like it needs to be intersectional and blah, 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 blah. And like, we're saying all this stuff and I'd done a lot of campaigning as well for the, our curriculum to actually be truly intersectional. Mm -hmm. And then when Anna came forward with this idea um, about creating sort of resources for teachers and all in one, I just thought I was like, this is actually, this is the vehicle to really do it through and actually create a grassroots movement. So that's how I found out about it. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I mean, I think so. So I think it's been quite a like, turbulent year, hasn't it? It's been an incredibly turbulent year between coronavirus and uh, Black Lives Matter protests and mm-hmm. the nightmare political situations that we found ourselves in and the impending um, nightmare of Brexit upcoming. I think people have had a lot of time to... Um, devote to looking into racial and social justice, um, looking into gaps in our education system. Mm -hmm. And I think I, like a lot of people, was protesting, donating, educating myself, um, reading tons, watching tons, amplifying voices as much as I can. But I really wanted to to do it in a way that put my skills, the skills that I have personally to use in a way that would enact genuine, tangible social change. Because I think there's a lot of very well-meaning people donating to things and reading things, but it kind of tails off um, after a while and it's that's not really the way that you create small bursts of movement don't create social change what creates social change is active tangible action using using the systems that are already in place and messing them up from the inside I guess <laughs> perfect <Right on>. <laughs> <laughs> sustainable designer Emily Hopkins who is also one of my very dear friends spoke to us all about sustainable fashion and how you can truly be sustainable in what you shop and how big brands are greenwashing. Listen to what she had to say right now. Um, So it was a pretty tricky question to get started with Um, because sustainability has such a a lot of parts to it and it's quite hard to define Um, and being used by so many people and so many companies, well including myself, um, it doesn't always fit the original definition which is usually to sort of maintain something and not do any harm to it. Um, but sustainable fashion, it comes from like loads of different aspects. Basically, I think it should be something that's natural. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not putting anything um, unnatural back into the environment because everything will go back in eventually. Um, it also comes like it has to be ethical um, for people, animals and environment. So vegan um, people are treated right, safe environments and paid the right wages. Um, Yeah, so many aspects to it. Yeah, yeah, perfect. (laughs) I think that's a good point as well. But um, people have to be treated fairly too. So it's also about like who's making the the products and are they receiving like a fair pay and a fair like, um, uh, what's the term, like workplace conditions yes yeah Yeah. I think that's an excellent point so do you have so a lot of people are trying to cut fast fashion out of their lives it's definitely from my experience not something that happens overnight it's definitely more of a a progressive um experience because of course no one's in our generation anywhere older was born with it knowing that fast fashion was a problem so we've kind of taught ourselves how to shop so it's like unteaching yourself something so do you have um, any advice for people who are trying to either cut out fast fashion altogether or just trying to like cut back on it to eventually cut it out from their lives? Yeah, it's so tricky. Like you said, it's part of our culture. We're literally brought mm. up to shop in that way, um, to consume constantly um, and it's changing our mindsets. But there's so many ways to shop secondhand now, which is probably the best way to do it. Um, to cut fast fashion out because something's already been made it doesn't matter where it's come from if you're giving it like a new lease of life um, bought from a charity shop which is a great way because helps as well go money going to charities um, so many sites you know depop ebay like vintage stores that are just popping up online and in um, sort of real high streets as well 
Um, I think some good advice is just be to be patient. Um, obviously, the opposite of fast fashion is actually like slow fashion. So that could come in like many forms. Um, some designers make things to order, so then they'll have no waste. So that obviously takes a little bit more time. Um, it also takes a bit more time to maybe do some research. Um, everything is so readily available um, mm. in big shops, like online and in the high street. But um, if you can do some research, find small designers, which maybe don't have as much advertisement. Um, it does take time to find those places, but it will be worthwhile. In the first episode of season three, we were lucky enough to talk to Essie. Essie is a university friend of mine who is also an amateur athlete in hockey and has actually played at the Winter Olympics and has scored a bronze medal playing for the hockey team there, which is just incredible. And she is currently working in the sports and she spoke to us all about what it is really like to be a woman in sport, particularly in a male-dominated sport. So find out everything that she had to to say by continuing to listen here particularly in a sport that is so Mm -hmm. masculine and like dominated by males you know I experience it all the time probably not so much now that I play more with a female team only but especially when I was starting you know it comes across mostly in sort of you're a female playing in a male sport so they Mm -hmm. don't see you as a player they see you as a girl who's playing our sport so you're not you're not an athlete in the same sense that they look at their other teammates and you hear a lot of things like oh you're good for a girl or oh you're Mm. not good because you're a girl you know it always comes across as as your you know sex is defining the the sort of athlete Mm -hmm. that you are and unfortunately that means you know a lot of opportunities go missed I've had teammates who've been picked for things who I would say were not better than me by any means, but they were male. So they were seen mm. as people who have more of an opportunity to get better. Whereas yeah. I was just a girl playing the game, if you know what I mean. So for sure, I see it myself all the time. I see it with teammates. It happens all the time. And I think, you know, at any level in the sport, unfortunately, because we are so male dominant, it just girls go through a lot when they play male dominant sports yeah no I just remember as well like playing I played football a little bit growing up and I remember as well if you ever if you ever kind of like pegged the ball between a boy's legs or if you ever did something that was quite good instead of being like congratulations and being like well done you like great play which they would do if it was a guy they'd go oh my god I can't believe you just got pegged by a girl I can't believe this just by a girl and I was like what is that's so irrelevant like uh, driving yeah yeah I know it's crazy so crazy problem um so if you could talk to your younger self when you were just starting sport what would you say so you were like you said you're about 15 is there any kind of advice now looking back now that you've been in the game for a while and have learned to love the sport the way you do is there anything that you would say maybe even to yourself when you'd were so disheartened from the first um the first team I would say do not listen to anyone because mm-hmm. I think I would have started hockey a lot earlier 
if I didn't listen to people because mm-hmm. I associated it with PE in a, in a negative way purely because in PE we were made to feel like you can't play as a girl and it was the sort of thing like oh well the boys are going to play a game now you guys just sort of skate around and learn how to hold oh, the really? stick sort of thing so, yeah like it was very much sort of a they can play you just you just do whatever so I think if I had learned not to listen to anyone Mm-hmm. I would have definitely picked it up earlier and just in general don't think that you can't do something because they're telling you that, that this is a male sport Um, if I had known that or you know thought the way I think now I would have never you know hesitated in my own ability because I think when especially when you're that age and you, you don't see females like you who may mm-hmm. be coming in later or you don't see females in general in the sport it's quite hard to sort of like grab onto opportunities because you you start to doubt yourself so I definitely tell my younger self to just just don't listen just go and do play yeah you'll be fine like, <laughs> nice. <for> sure. <laughs> yeah we have been so fortunate this year to have interviewed so many incredible guests to have had so many incredible conversations and to have learned so much along the way but most importantly of all we grew as a community and we can't wait to spend another year with you and you having us in your ears especially on your hot girl walks we are so, so appreciative of all of your support and you are the people that make this podcast happen. So happy one year, everyone. Grab a drink and let's make a toast to one year because we all deserve a drink after the year that we've all had. Of course, as per usual, please do continue supporting the pod by heading to Instagram and checking us out at Fancy Blether. The feed, it's it's still popping up, I'm telling you. We even got shared by Nina Nesbitt today. So, you know, we're getting there. We're big now. We're big. We're, we're basically influencers. Um, and you can also head to our Facebook group, which is called Muddling Through Our Twenties Fancy Blather Listeners. Um, the link to that will be in the show notes as per usual. Check out our website, fancyblather.com for all things fab coming your way soon. And just stay tuned. Let's have a killer year. I'm so excited for the things to come with this podcast. But big dreams, big aspirations, maybe by year two, by by our second year birthday, we will have hit those dreams. Who knows? But thank you again so much for all of your support. Remember to review the pod, um, follow or subscribe, depending on which podcast platform you're listening to. And I hope that you all have a wonderful week because you all deserve it so, so much. Um, and thank you so much for listening. And you will hear from me. back to our usual scheduling on Monday at 5pm for a small talk episode. Thank you. Goodbye. Have a good week.